Hello, everybody. I'm Kevin DeCristofano. I'm Sean Flanagan. And we are the Ninja Turtle Nerds, your weekly podcast for reviewing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics one issue at a time. And we do not have a special guest this episode. You know what? We do have a special guest. Um, it's, uh, we got uh, Elijah Wood is in the studio, um, but he's not going to talk or say anything. <laughs> Couldn't afford to right? uh, get an opinion, but it's kind of We don't have a third microphone by. for him is the problem. Yeah, we don't have a third microphone for, for Elijah, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> Why am I in the Hobbit? <laughs> Are you comfortable, Elijah? I'm doing okay. <laughs> this is Elijah Wood's favorite issue of Ninja Turtles. Not a very well-known fact. And that issue would be issue number nine that we're talking about today, written and illustrated by Kevin Eastman and Peter Leard, with letters by Steve Levine. Came out in September of 1986, so there was only a two-month gap in between this and issue number eight. Uh, The first story so far that wasn't later retitled. It was titled from the beginning. The title of the story is The Passing, and it's 31 pages long. Let's dive into this cover here. I think this is really one of my favorite covers. It's like an eighties eighties album and video game like mashed together. Yeah, it's got a lot of layers going on, and I'll bet this would have been good point. I'll bet this would have been a video game cover if they were wearing their correct masks, like not and and not that they wore you know on the NES cover as we've discussed they wore the all red bandanas. I mean like they're wearing like head bandanas, which is probably throwing it off but yeah it it really is a nice cover yeah i actually we'll talk about it in the issue but i like the full head hit uh bandana thing i think it's a pretty good look yeah and the franchise the franchise goes back to it uh, a few times there's definitely a few different uh actually the the current cartoon this dates the recording a little bit but the i'll say the rise of the teenage mutant ninja turtles cartoon uh, has one, or, uh, I think it's just Raphael. It might be more than one. I can't think off the top of my head. But yeah, they definitely bring the look back for that. So the cover is, and we will post this on our Twitter and our Instagram, is Splinter, soul melding with, uh, with the Japanese businessman who's on his uh, knees. And like he's got his, his hands on the back of his head and you see this like spirit above them. And then there's all like, it's not even like lightning. It's like spirit. It actually looks like the Spider-Man logo on 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 Spider-Man's back. <laughs> um, and the Ninja Turtles are around them, protecting them. Because in the background, this is what I meant by there's lots of layers. Oh yeah, yeah. Is there's a background layer of these like ninjas watching in watching from the shadow. And Splinter is uh, more rat-like on this cover than he's been for a while. Yeah, and you know that's a peeve of mine is I don't like when he looks like a dog, and he definitely doesn't look like a dog in this issue, so that's a plus. So it's a prequel. It's So on the first page here where we have the title, it says pre-teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They are pre-teens in this issue. And if you were reading along with the, the releases as they came out, you would have had issue number eight, which we reviewed last episode, yep. then the Donatello one-shot, which we did a bonus episode on, so check that out. Thank you all for your reviews. And if you haven't reviewed the show yet, please do. Um, so we get a bonus episode on that. And then you'd get this, which is 
a prequel, so it's not obviously in that order. It's the, this, this actually takes place before the first issue, which I don't know why they did that. I don't know. I feel like this could have just been a present day or maybe even like a story where you're not quite sure what time period it takes place in, but not necessarily a prequel. It's weird to me. It kind of the prequelness of this <laughs> kind of takes away what's special about their first outing in the first issue. You know what I mean? I feel like it could have been a splinter one shot because he's so integral to the story. We we open up on Oh no, we don't open up on this. We get the n- little nightmare scenario first. So you get feudal Japan, which I I love the art because you get this guy running and then this samurai battle, and it's very uh, reminds me of the Japanese murals, like in uh, forget if Turtles Three had them, but I know uh, the 2014 movie had one explaining the Foot Clan. Yeah, so I like that about it. It's got a very distinct style. Yeah, so there's this... It's not really clear what's going on. You just see they're in their samurai gear, and they're they're fighting, and then there's, like, a guy against a rock in, like, a, a NYU tank top. The next page is him waking up in bed and basically saying, I had that dream again. What could it mean? Now, I'll admit, just like you, Sean, I was a little confused at first because I thought that was supposed to be Casey Jones. Yeah, see, th- I thought it was supposed to be an established character. And they they really don't set set up that that's somebody else. Like it really seems like it's supposed to be Casey Jones, but it isn't. It's a, a new character we'll meet in a little bit. Because then we cut away from that to that title page that I talked about, where it says pre Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and we see a sparring match. Because they haven't had one of those in the uh, the comic. <laughs> I guess that's like their favorite thing to draw. They have to have it every episode. Other than having issue. the full head bandanas, it looks like I don't know who's supposed to be fighting, but one of them looks like they're using a steel bar, like not an actual weapon. <laughs> that's Michelangelo, that's and I have Mikey. some notes on that. So, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of these Japanese weapons, but I thought this was Mike's first use of the. Kasaragama, it's the thing that you will see him use sometimes in some of the cartoons and comic books. Uh, This weapon, it's a small, like, sickle in one hand and a weight at the end of a long chain that's connected to it. And a lot of his action figures were sold with it, and he uses it in the 2012 cartoon, the Nickelodeon one. Uh, But then Splinter calls it Manriki Gusari. So I looked that up. And that's just two weights at either end of a chain. He doesn't have the thing that I, that I thought he was using, which oh, people okay. don't really talk about that as a Michelangelo weapon often, but I in a lot of Turtles media, he's using it. He's definitely used it in the IDW books. He uses it in the 2012 cartoon, like I said. Uh, he, he uses that chain weapon a lot, almost these days as often as the nunchucks so i like this first sequence with the turtles and splinter because you haven't really seen him training them so it's nice to finally get a glimpse of that i like it too however i don't want to sound like i'm too down on this issue but i do have like a nitpick about the 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 way they open the turtle story here it kind of goes in a loop so we see the sparring session, 
And the rhythm is kind of weird because it starts with Splinter saying, okay, enough lessons for today. Then he goes to meditate. Then it goes to the next day where he's saying enough lessons for today again. Then yeah. he goes back to like meditating and it's like, I feel like they could have cut out a middle section here. <laughs> yeah, I agree that. And you know what? I, maybe they don't even need the two separate meditation sessions. Maybe it could have opened with them sparring because we know we love they love to draw that. And then one of them could have been like, where's Splinter? He's meditating. And then cut to him. He could have done this in the first attempt. I don't feel like the story gains anything from no. him almost making the connection and then making the connection. Yeah. I do like once you get to him communicating with the the astral plane we'll go with the way they introduced it was so solid it's not confusing it's kind of like how uh they introduced the force in star wars and it's very interesting so what happens is splinter and the man he's communicating with swap bodies even though <laughs> he's just a spirit but Anyway, they swap bodies. Like the parent trap. No, not the parent trap. What's and, that? Uh, uh, Freaky Friday. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's like Freaky Friday. Although fairly normal for turtles. But I don't know. I like how it's done. I like, like as soon as they swap, how they each describe the feeling. They swap bodies and Splinter in the old man's body says, how strange this feels. This body is like a dry leaf. And then the other guys in Splinter's body so different from being human. I feel your strength. I sense your memories. So that part's definitely going in the movie trailer for their body swap movie when they do the Splinter body swap movie. <laughs> oh, that would be... He's a rat from the sewers. He's a dying Japanese man. And this <laughs> summer, <laughs> they're going to learn that things aren't always as they seem. And then Walking on Sunshine starts playing because it's in every movie trailer. <laughs> A collision course with wackiness. He's going, the rat's going into a restaurant or something, and everyone's <laughs> screaming. Uh, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Walking on sunshine trailers. So, anyway, I don't, I don't think you mentioned that in your description, but the Japanese man's, like, dying of some yeah, illness. Yeah. I can't remember if they say what it is. I really should have taken better notes. I apologize to our listeners. But do they say what he's dying of? No. He's just dying of being sick. Yeah, he just needs Splinter to seek out his son and his grandson. You have a chronic case of sick. <laughs> you have plot illness. <laughs> no! <laughs> so yeah, so they're going to seek out the son. They go out on patrol with Splinter here. God, the art. I know we say it every episode, but I just It is so art. good, though. And we ha so we haven't really talked about it except on the cover. They're wearing instead of wearing their normal masks, the the turtles all have like a full bandana over their their entire top of their head, which I'm sure you can picture. If not, we'll post it on our Twitter and Instagram. You can see it there. And I'm wondering if that was the only reason this is a prequel, because it's all I can figure out. So they could get away with that. They're, they're like, oh, we want to draw the turtles a little differently. And did they like do you think maybe they went that extreme to have to justify this different look to the turtles. Also, they're not using their traditional weapons at points. So I think that's another thing that makes it a prequel. Because Michelangelo, he's got a grappling hook at one point. Yeah, and yeah. Raphael has these two things. I wrote down the name of them. They're, most people would 
call them nightsticks like police have, but there's like a, a oh yeah yeah the the wooden sticks. I think they're called tunfa. Tunfa. All right, Raf's yeah. Raf's rocking his tunfa. And Michelangelo, I like that he slings the thing around his the the chain around yep. his shoulder. Yep. Because he doesn't have his weapons in his belt like nor his nunchucks like normal. So yeah, yeah. That, I I get what you're saying. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting a lot, but no, like no, I know what you fine. mean. It's there's a lot of cinematic look to this issue. And I mean, no wonder they knew this would make a perfect cartoon and movie, even though nothing from this is in anything from this is in either of those, which this might be the first issue we've done that has not been like, like it's nothing, you know what I mean? Like nothing from this is a first appearance. I mean, I guess these people who never come back. But um, nothing from this is like a major first appearance, I should say. Nothing from this is like, oh, this is like that scene from this episode or this movie. It's it's all completely original Turtles action. Right. So Right, Elijah? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much right. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what, what I like is Splinter, even though it's not Splinter, but... He's in the lead through this whole mission, and I really like that because you don't see it too often. Yeah, he's like a general. He's like calling. He's like calling out shots and stuff. But yeah, the, they sneak into the building, and uh, yeah, it's like a a business building. Yeah, where where they're trying to find this guy's grandson, who so he's a Japanese businessman. And then you know you've got the typical ninjas with guns because ninjas use guns constantly, apparently. But. Well- well, yeah, that's that's actually kind of out of place to me. I, yeah. I wrote down a note here. It says, um, you don't usually see ninjas with assault rifles in these comics. They're usually Foot Clan members who have swords and throwing stars and every now and then an axe or something. It's, it's weapons, you know? It's not, well, a, a assault rifle is a weapon. But you know what I mean. It's <laughs> It's ancient weapons. It's not... You don't usually see modern things like the Triceratons are the ones who have lasers... And you don't really see assault rifles in in these comics a lot. So you get a moment between Mikey, he's hiding in a fountain, and then he kind of lassos the ninja who's got the Uzi with the uh, double weights. And then, of course, you've Raph's using the uh, double knights. Yeah, the Kumfa. And the ninja he's... Tumfa, sorry. The ninja he's fighting... Has these two-sided knives that have spikes on them. Yeah, they're like, the spikes are like where the knuckles are on the grip. So it's like like brass knuckles and a double-sided knife. So, of course, that's the guy that fights Raph. So you, you do get one ninja now that the turtles have taken out three of them. And Splinter, you know, has found the father and the grandson. But you get a ninja who has an assault rifle. He shoots at the two of them, and the father protects the son. But you get this really amazing image at the bottom of the page of Splinter real well, thinking he's too late to save them. And the way they drew him... Like, Which, keep in mind, he it's not... At, you keep saying Splinter, and it's, yeah. it's Splinter's body... But it's actually their grandfather. So that's why he's so panicked that he thinks he's too late to save them from getting shot is because, it, you know, it's it looks like Splinter, but it's actually. Yeah, the, the it's it's his son and his grandson. But just that one image like conveys so much 
and again it goes back to the art like it, it's really impressive and then uh leo then, is it Le- yeah leo throws a throwing yep. star in a guy's face <laughs> throwing stars that look like hubcaps in one one panel they're, like they're coming towards the camera so they look huge and then he hits the guy right between the eyes like oh you know what it looks like it, in Mega Man 2 when you get the saw blade oh yeah yeah <laughs> it's the, that's uh, what that is he hits him right between the eyes with a saw blade <laughs> what was that cut no was that cut man no metal man they're metal no, man cut blades man was the scissors yeah metal man blades yep so they got the father though he he took the bullets for the the grandson it's funny because they, you know, they're in shock. They're confused because there's four giant turtles and a rat here for some reason. And Splinter, who's really, you know, the old man, just starts berating his son, which is going to be kind of <laughs> terrifying, really, if you think about it. Then he calms him down. He says, be calm, Hattori. Open your mind. Reject panic. And while he's still like, a, a giant talking rat, turtle monsters, you can't be real. Oh, my God, Doc. He sounds like Marty from Back to the Future yeah, for some he, reason. He's got a Marty thing going. And uh, yeah, he, he basically gets the story explained to him. And then this is why I love the color classics, because yes. this is definitely a feather in their cap. This page here is way better than the black and white. It's just colored so well. And it's not even using a ton of color. It's all blue. But just you can you feel more what this guy is feeling when color is involved, where where when he puts his hands, his fingers on the temples of this guy's head, you can feel like the explosion going on in his mind because of what they've drawn here. And the color really helps it feel like it's got an impact to it. And then they do kind of this nice cut between the old man that has Splinter soul in it. And, you know, he's kind of transferring his energy to the grandson. And then you get kind of this cool moment of Splinter and him swapping back, basically. And I like how that's done, too. It's very, I don't know, I, I, I like the way they tackled a lot of this spiritual stuff in this issue visually. And that's one thing I've said about the series that's so great is there's so many layers. Like, you've got... You've got issues that are about robots. You've got issues that are about aliens, issues about dinosaurs, issues about time travel, issues about and and like all the way down, like all the way as silly as dinosaurs and all the way to as serious as like deep spiritual stuff like this. So, of course, after all the transitions, more ninjas show up. Oh, yeah. Let me take the lead on this one. So so then uh, I mean, I I just have something quick to say, really. But this guy comes in through the skylight classic, like in the 89 Batman movie and or actually Batman Forever, too. Um, Does he do it in every movie coming through a skylight? I don't know. Let me think. Yeah. Now you got me wondering. No, he definitely does in Batman and Robin at the museum. Yeah. He comes in through a skylight. What what about Batman? I don't think Batman Returns. He does. No, the penguin. The penguin does a reverse skylight when he comes yeah, out he of comes the center of the, the floor. floor. <laughs> but no, there's no point in All that right. one where Batman comes crashing through a skylight. But anyway, that's a cool image okay. too. Yeah, so it's really well drawn, and the sound effect work is great, and the texture to the letters is really cool. But what I what stood out to me, and tell me if this was your first thought too. So this ninja comes crashing through the ceiling. 
then spoiler alert the grandson that splinter is there to communicate with ends up beating this guy up yep uh this ninja up they're really lucky that this particular ninja didn't have an assault rifle because <laughs> it would they wouldn't have been able to stop him and oddly enough he's the only one that doesn't did, did that stand out to you or did you notice that when you were reading i did and it's I guess it's just more badass of him that this is the guy with the sword he takes down as he's kind of figuring out like what he's learned yeah. from his grandfather. Not that the ninjas with the guns aren't intimidating, but I just feel like that wouldn't have had the same impact. I like how quickly he just kind of accepts Splinter and the turtles like after he has this, you know the transference and he's just like, huh. I know Kung Fu. And then, uh, yeah, it just kind of ends with Splinter sort of explaining to them what has just happened. He yells at Michelangelo for goofing around. That's that's it. That's the end. They run off through the rooftops to go back to the sewer for their real first encounter. So one thing I'm going to post on our Twitter and our Instagram, I don't know when to bring this up, but now's as good a time as any. I don't have the page numbers here, but right before Splinter explodes the guy's mind, the page before that where they're locking the door, the Color Classics has an error where they don't color the top of, I think it's Raphael's head, so he isn't wearing the full bandana thing oh, in yeah, one yeah. panel. They color the head green, even though it's supposed to be a full head bandana there. I have to say, I mean, outside of not really needing to make it a prequel it's a really good issue yeah i mean this mirage run is so solid and i mean that's exactly why we did this podcast is i've i've always said that like in comic books some of the best runs are ninja turtles have been consistent daredevil's always been consistent there's some characters that are just very very consistent and I don't like volume three, which we'll get to at a certain point in this podcast, but there are even in that volume I don't like things I do like. So, yeah, it's the, the turtles. They always bring it. And again, it, it it's cool to see the seeds of all these things that, you know, again, I don't know as we go through the Mirage run, maybe the spiritual stuff comes back up. But, you know, to see that it appeared this early and then when we get to it, to see what they do with it in the IDW run is really interesting. Um, so to summarize the issue, so we start off with this dream slash nightmare. So we just see these samurai battling uh, right next to this guy who's freaked out in, an, in, in his underwear, and then he wakes up in bed, but we don't know who this guy is. He's just screaming, waking up in bed, and, and, and it, this is a dream he's had before. So we don't know who this guy is. We go to our turtles who are sparring. And then we see Splinter, he's trying, or he's be, he's meditating, and he's being contacted by some sort of otherworldly spirit force thing. We don't know what it is. And it's, yeah, I, I guess his line is just open for communication when he meditates. <laughs> I'd like to make an international call. <laughs> like anyone can tap in. So, then... We go back to them training, and Splinter is like, hey, uh, 
you're doing good, but I got to get back to what I was up to. And he has another meditation session where he makes connection with this old man, old Japanese man who is dying of uh, plot sickness. And he tells him, you need to find my grandson because I need you to download all my knowledge into his brain. You know, the, the, the typical thing that grandparents do. Everyone's had their grandparents psychically connect with a mutant rat to put his hands on your temples and then you know everything your grandparents know. It happens. So It's a rite of passage, um, really. So. so Splinter gets possessed by the old man and the old man's going to do, do the mission. And they go out searching for the grandson, but they have some of them have different weapons and they're wearing bandanas and they go to where the the grandson's business thing is and they sneak in and they overhear in the toilet that there's going to be a ninja attack on the grandson. So they they ambush the ninjas in a lot of again, we've used this analogy before, but it's very like first blood only this time in an office building, which I know sounds like Die so Hard, but it's slightly it's different. Um, it is very Die Hard, yeah, but it, there's also like some like, I've, th- there's like jungle technique to it too that you don't get from Die Hard. So this is Die Hard meets First Blood. That's this issue. So meets meets um meets Ghost with Whoopi Goldberg, because um, <laughs> he because he's in her body. You remember that? Oh, boy, there's um, a anyway. 90s movie. <laughs> ninja, The Ninja Turtles ambush the Ninja Assassins, except one gets through, and he shoots at the grandson, but the grandson is with his father, so the father takes all the bullets, and then we take down that last ninja with the saw blade from Mega Man 2. So... They all gather around the dead father, and he's like, father, father, like you do when, when your father just got ambushed by a ninja. And then Splinter tells the grandson, I'm your grandfather, and don't panic, but I'm going to blow your mind. And he blows his mind and downloads all his knowledge into him. And then a new ninja pops through the skylight like Batman 89, and the grandson defeats the new ninja, and gives a speech about um oh we forgot to say that in order for it to work you can't just have any mutant rat put his fingers on your temples and download your grandparents knowledge okay you have to have let me find the wording because i was just on the page you have to have you have to accept it with all your heart yeah that's basically the issue he he downloaded the knowledge the obviously the old dying man gives Splinter his body back because there was like a time limit on the whole situation. We didn't mention that either. Uh, but I think you could assume that time was of the essence or he would have, you know, Splinter wasn't going to, you know, just wait a couple of years to do this. It ends with them on the rooftop. Like Sean said, uh, Splinter saying Michelangelo stop goofing around and he's hitting him in the back of the head. Yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, Did I leave abuse. anything out? No, no, I just he, he hits them quite a few times. I really hope that people let us know if you're one of the listeners who are not reading along with the comic and you're just hearing the events through this podcast. Let us know if we're doing a good job describing because I never know how much detail to go into or if I'm like, okay, they got it. Or if they're like, you know, that made no sense to me. So that, uh, that's why I try to do the summaries for the people who aren't reading. But again, I mean, it's solid issue and... You know, next time we go right back into the main line. Do no, 
no, Leonardo one shot is next. Yeah, but that that ties directly to. Oh, you mean like timeline wise? Yeah, we're back. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the thing too. Is it's a weird issue to do it in because it's not like they had resolved what was going on at the time yet. Yeah. So it's I don't know. It's cutting to shadows of the empire right after the Death Star blows up. So. The last thing that happened, because it's been a while since we recorded, but the last thing that happened was they got back from that weird dimension hopping thing, and then they went on that one-shot issue with Cerebus. Right. Which is why which is why I say, I don't know why this issue is a prequel. It could have been just another one-shot adventure. Right. Just this time you don't have a guest appearance. Unlike us, we have a guest appearance this episode, Mr. Elijah Wood. I'm still here, guys. Great. So, um, yeah, <laughs> there's going to be one person out there that thinks maybe Elijah Wood is there. <laughs> um, I mean, he does so, a lot of weird movies now. So. <laughs> for all we know, he's a big Turtles fan. Guys, I want you to tweet out Elijah Wood <laughs> and tell him you, you loved his appearance on this podcast. And he won't see any of those tweets. So we pretty much exhausted our conversation at this point. Um, you can contact us, speaking of making contacts, by emailing us at tmntnerds at gmail.com. That's TMNT. I've never said this before, but the TMNT, if you don't know, I don't know why you'd need this explained, but better safe than sorry. <laughs> TMNT is in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So TMNT nerds. At gmail.com. On Twitter, we are TMNT Nerds. Again, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Just take most of the letters out. <laughs> Instagram, TMNT Nerds. Thank you so much for listening. And we will be back with a bonus episode because we got all the reviews that we wanted. So we got that bonus episode of Leonardo One Shot, which it's a good thing we got those because that you're going to hear it in the episode, but that Leonardo one shot is pretty essential. So look out for that later on in the week. And uh, yeah, you got anything else to say, Sean? No, no, I'm good. Doesn't sound like he does. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. Thank you guys very much for listening and we will see you next time. Everybody and welcome back to the n- oh no that's not how we do it <laughs> plus he doesn't kill the guy or at least I don't feel he kills the guy oh no no I'm sorry he flat out says, I just killed this guy, so never mind. That was just wishful thinking on my part, I guess. I guess I'll be cutting that. Thanks.
They haven't made one of those body swap movies in a long time, have they? Like, what was the last? The last one I can think of is that one that had um, uh, who's uh, the guy from Friends? At Thirteen going on thirty. Has there been one oh, since yeah. then? Oh yeah, I think the one with Ryan Reynolds and. Oh god, I can't think of it. There's a comedy I think that came out a couple of years ago that did the body swap thing. Okay, so that so that concept's still going. But, I, but I need it's a body not, swap movie every year. It's okay, not I need as a popular Marvel movie. I need a body swap movie and a time travel movie. And sometimes the Marvel movie is the time travel movie. Um, so <laughs> oh, okay, body swap. Has Marvel done body swap? No. I'm thinking. No. Okay, so I need a body swap time travel Marvel movie. Get on it. 